0: Welcome to our podcast, The Midnight Ramblings. I am Carrie Ofstein-Rosenthal, and I'm with my dear friend from Ladoo Junior High, Jenny Silverstein. If you are joining us for the first time and you're wondering what this is all about, Jenny and I are two menopausal friends who can no longer sleep at night. So we decided that the best thing to do would be to create a podcast about what we and others think about when we can't sleep. So as we like to say,
1: let's get ready to ramble. (laughs)
2: <laughs> Galit Raisman Schaefer is a wellness entrepreneur, certified integrative health coach, and co-creator of a new online health program called Six Weeks to Better Blood Sugar Balance. Galit is passionate about helping clients take charge of their personal and family health through blood sugar balance, whole food nutrition, clean living, and a variety of lifestyle changes. After receiving her MBA from McGill University in her hometown of Montreal, Galit started her career in brand management at Mattel and spent 10 years in corporate America. After joining a health supplement startup and being pregnant with her first child 14 years ago, Galit was awakened to the importance of being in the driver's seat of her own health, taking preventative measures and creating a safe, less toxic home environment. Galit graduated from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition to support medical practitioners and help clients make healthy nutritional and lifestyle changes that last long-term. So I am so excited to have Galit on the podcast today. And Galit, I'm going to ask you, what is keeping you up lately in the middle of the night?
1: Hi, Jenny. Hi, Carrie. It's so good to join you guys. I've listened to your podcast. so it was really fun to actually be the one on it today. So what keeps me up in the middle of the night? A couple of things like lately, interestingly enough, even though we've been in this kind of crazy COVID surreal world, um, I've actually been sleeping a little bit better than I used to. Um, and it's certain, it's, and it's interesting for me because I was always the person who I worried a lot. I tended to ruminate a lot about things. And so, but lately, what kind of keeps me up when I get up, I feel like sometimes there's so many decisions to make all the time. And, you know, am I getting it right? Am I doing, am I raising my kids properly? Are they, you know, are they going to turn out okay? (laughs) Am I doing the right things for them? Am I being a good role model? And I think that's probably one of the biggest things for me as a mom is that I want to be, I've always wanted to be like a good role model for them. Like what is it, you must have an idea of what that looks like. So yes, that's a good question. So, um, you know, a combination, like growing up, I had great still have amazing parents who I love so much. Um, My mom was the most amazing homemaker ever. And she always like she created such a beautiful, warm, loving home for us. My dad was an entrepreneur working all the time. He had his own business. He was an amazing dad. And when we were together, we did a lot of fun stuff. But, um, you know, the roles were very kind of set in that way. And, um, and and while my mom worked hard at like helping my dad a lot, because it was a sort of, a, you know, his own business. Um, to me, like, I wanted to always be, I think we grew up in the, in the age where, you know, we could be anything and you could do anything. And so I felt like, okay, I wanted this like career for myself. And, you know, my life has sort of taken a lot of lot of like swerves, you know, it's definitely not like one straight line from A to B. And so I don't know, like sometimes there's been many years where I was trying to figure myself out and I didn't feel like it was okay when they were little, because I don't think they were so worried about, you know, what I was doing or what kind of role model I was going to be. But I knew at some point I wanted to have something um, that I was proud of for me. So I felt good about being a role model for them um and i wanted to sort of show my kids like you know moms can do anything and um and i think for years i was worried that i wasn't i wasn't embodying that you know i had kids a little bit later than most people and close together and i was really like knee deep in like kid stuff baby stuff raising you know and so there was, all, there was different stresses back then, you know? And now, like, as they're growing and as, like, I'm sort of changing a little, I think I'm trying to figure out, like, who I am and, you know, I kind of, again, what I want to be. Um, I feel like this is sort of, like, my next chapter in a good way, that I remember feeling all this stress back then when they were young, that I wasn't doing enough, that I needed to be, like, working more and doing this. And you know, my husband, who's so amazing and supportive, was like, you know, he was he was happy that I was flexible and around for the kids, you know, and supported me trying to figure out different ventures and things that I was doing. I'm hearing you're returning to. Who am
2: I? I mean, I there's a meditation teacher I love that asks that question in every meditation, and it's every morning he wakes up and basically asks that question and then sees what the universe answers back in, in the meditation, and. I think as a mom, when you're knee deep, like you said, in in child rearing and trying to be the best mom, we forget who we are and we forget that identity. And it sounds like, you know, now that the oldest is 13 and they're kind of, you know, um, they're still young. You have an eight year old, but you're kind of there's this pathway that opens, I think, for women. And it's kind of a chapter, two, You know, so I guess my question for you is. What is coming up for you then around that? What is the clearing? What is your passion now that that there's sort of this space to think more about it?
1: So for me, I've like I've really felt like helping people with their health, and I think it started with me. And like you said in, in my intro, um, you know, I sort of because I started working for um, a startup in health and and supplements. And, but I was, I was, you know, I wasn't married yet. I didn't have kids. And it was still like, okay, I got in, I got excited about it, but it was still a little bit outside of me. And then when I was pregnant and you, you know, you start reading things and, and diving into like, you know, making your home ready and this and that. And I read a book. I always refer to this one book. It's now older already. It's called the hundred year lie, but the doctor we were working with gave it to me to look at. And, um, it basically like really opened my eyes about like our taking charge of our personal health and it just, it was really just about the the cross section of the pharmaceutical the chemical and the food processing industries and how that's changed the trajectory of our kind of nations health and then i started thinking about um you know raising my kids and what kind of you know what kind of pediatrician am i looking for what kind of you know like finding people finding you know, people with my own values, because I was taking a more holistic approach. So, I mean, it's not like I I would just try more natural remedies first, and then if they don't work, then like you know, obviously go to the doctor. You know, I'm very much in the middle. We need doctors, and I've you know I've thank God I've had some situations where I've really relied on doctors, and they've saved me. Um, and that's why um, kind of coming back to coaching, like it's why I want to help doctors. give more service to their patients by, you know, kind of by supporting them so they could give better care to their patients too, longer term. Initially, it was a vitamin supplement company called Health Fix with a PHIX that was very focused on um, cellular health and alkalinity, which is why the PHIX. And I'm transitioning that to a Health Fix coaching site. Um, So moving away from supplements right now and focusing more on coaching services, and through that, um, I started coaching after I got my coaching certification. And um I joined up with a fellow coach and friend, um, Randy Miller, and we created together a program for blood sugar balance. Um, and that's at um mybetterbloodsugar.com. Tell
0: me a little bit about that. Like I wanna know what. What that means exactly yeah
1: so it started interestingly enough We my friend randy and i we used to talk about it because both of us had different blood sugar kind of concerns and both of us being health coaches you know we learned a lot about the connection of blood sugar and general health um we both love to kind of dive into our test results you know you know when you go get your blood work and i love looking at the numbers like i refer back to my numbers all the time i just I, I love it. I always ask, like, I ask my family, can I see your numbers just to see where we're at and to see also the the connections as being related, you know? Do we all have the same, same kind of issues? So my blood sugar, when my glucose, so they measure your fasting glucose when you generally go get your yearly exams. Um, I noticed that like over, and I, and I look at the trends too. So I was noticing that they were creeping up and then my head, so a couple of years ago, my last number was, was 10, you know, had jumped over 10 points. And then that could be something, but also, but you don't want to put too much, you know, focus into one number. It could just be something I ate those previous couple of days. So, but my also another, another marker, the A1C, which is a move, like an average of three months of blood glucose that had elevated a lot too. So I started to like look at that and go, there's something I need I should look at. And the more I was doing my own reading um, about brain health and you know just other, you know, other I you know coaching resources and just general health books that I love reading. <clears throat> um, I, I, I started reading the the connection between, you know, having a like a more, more stable blood sugar mm-hmm. or more in you know, a lower number, but just in general, like, you know, less ups and downs and the prevention of other chronic conditions like Alzheimer's, dementia, um, obviously diabetes, we all think about diabetes, but there is so much more connected. So I started to take on that as a real personal mission, um, like lowering my blood sugar. And I never had like really health concerns before. My husband was always worried about certain things. So he was on a low, sort of low carb diet, but I was like, oh, I don't need that. You know, I, I still had my bread and I ate very healthy, but I wasn't avoiding anything in particular and I wasn't worried about it. So um, I also developed like some rosacea and I was seeing a naturopath and saw there was a connection between blood sugar and that. So it was just interesting to see all the connections about blood sugar. So I had then, you know, decided to really focus on it and I worked and I found different ways of managing my own and when I got my most recent results, I'm happy to say that like, it was so much more improved. And so that sort of led us on a path of like, okay, what can we do? Can we help other people? Because the interesting part was we think about blood sugar or pre-diabetes, which I was in that category for like heavier people, maybe, or, you know, people who need to lose weight. Um, You know, I was losing weight. So I was, I had lost probably, I never weighed this. Le- I mean, I don't remember as an adult weighing when I weigh now. Mm-hmm. Yet my blood sugar numbers were going the other direction. So I was I wanted to help that was my sort of mission. I wanted to help people like me. And like, you know, I don't I didn't even know it was an issue. And if there's people if I could, you know, and I not to be like, oh, I'm so healthy if it could happen to me, but I was really thinking that way. Like if it could happen to like someone who cares about their health, who eats healthy. I you know in general and exercises and is relatively thin then wow this is a really big issue and so that's why I wanted to help other people.
2: I'm curious, what were the changes that you made that made your blood sugar improve?
1: Yeah, so we talk a lot this in our program um, in six weeks a better blood sugar. Um, one of the best things you could do is just it's kind of different food combining, which. Um, you know, the first thing I did was uh test. So I have like a, a glucometer at home and I started testing more often to see uh, what foods were impacting my blood sugar. So one thing we explain in our program is that everybody is different. So what's going to, you know, we could say, yes, there are some foods that are high glycemic, have a high glycemic load, meaning when you eat them and digest them, they're going to move your blood sugar up. So like, Typically, if you eat a muffin or a bagel and cream cheese for breakfast, that would typically move most people's blood sugar up. However, we're different. Maybe for you, it doesn't move it up as much. Maybe for you, it's fine. For me, it's not. So part of it is finding what works for you. And um, so I, you know, I did, so I was starting to test my own blood sugar. We had one at home. And so I started testing myself and I started to be, you know, more aware that, you know, wow, like I love, you know, I love rice. And I was eating a lot of like rice with, Yeah, you, know, you looked healthy rice and on its own. It's, it's not so bad. we never learned that rice was really bad. It's not bad. It's just that for some people I was probably eating too much of it. And, you know, so a little adjustments. It doesn't mean to get rid of anything really. I, I didn't never really ate much processed food except for some snacks. That would be the one thing I'd say that you really don't want in your diet. But, um, really was about testing and, um, little tweaks, like, you know, even going for a walk after dinner, you know, using some energy. So when you're, when you're eating carbs, whether it's, you know, pasta, rice, vegetables are carbs, right? They're complex carbs. Um, you're going to your you know your body's going to produce insulin to move the glucose out of your blood and into your cells. So the best one of the best things you could do is like after you're eating is go for a walk or do a little light exercise to like use up the energy. Because it's when you're in it, when your cells get too full with glucose, that's when you start to get insulin resistance. So um and then changing uh, a little bit, my food and, fo- and and combining protein, fats, and fibers in, in, in every meal and snack.
2: You know, you mentioned you have your husband's super supportive. Like what is your support system around, you know, being a mom, three kids, um, and starting a business?
1: Luckily I have my mom around the corner, which is amazing. Cause she is, you know, the best mom and grandmother to my kids I could ever okay. wish for. It's super lucky. Um, I have my sister lives in LA too. So that's great. And and my, and my nephews. And so I have some family, my dad is like an hour away. So pretty close. Um, I, you know, but I've, I mostly don't have help with the kids a day in day out. It's me. Um, and David works a lot. And so, you know, but he's, he does so much for us too. Like we're a very close family and he's jumps in whenever he can. It's not like, you know, anything's ab- above him. You know what I mean? He's really helps a lot. But day to day, it's uh, mostly me. And I don't have, and that's been a struggle from a business standpoint is that I don't have like, I don't have a person really helping me at home or with the or, or with work. So I'm really trying to do both. And I think that's why it's taken me a lot longer to figure my own life out because I kind of, I have to do it all. and it's And it's very hard to like start working on something and then be distracted by, you know, whether it's a kid's need or go to pick up, or you know, like just the constant distractions of just life is make it makes it hard to focus on work because sometimes you just need to focus for a few hours. um so that's been a struggle for me is balancing both, I have to say, and um, um you know I, I maybe moving forward, I'll like to get to a place where I could have a little bit more help, so I could separate the two a little bit, but I've been like homeworking for so long that. I've had, to, I've had to balance both, and it hasn't been an easy ride, that's for sure.
0: I was very similar. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and then I ended up getting a graduate degree in writing, and then I was like, well, what does one do with that? How does one support oneself? So I better get a job. And then I got a job in marketing, and I, you know, it was just crazy, meaning that it wasn't, didn't feel like it was fulfilling. And I finally remember feeling like connected to what I was doing, finally, when I had kids. And it's so funny that so many people, including myself, start to say, well, am I just going to be a mom? Like, I would, people would say, what do you do? And I'd say, I'm, I stay home with the kids. And I almost said that with embarrassment. And it, it in listening to you, it, my observation is that in a way, it is the thing that we can be so proud of. Parenting is a job. And I understand for those, those people who don't feel that it is all they want to do, but- for me, and I'm speaking literally personally, you know, I love writing and I lo- love all of that. But if my kids like turn out to be healthy, successful people, I will feel so good. Like that will be, and I I've really come to like raise that up as such a an important thing. And um, because, you know, I think to myself, I remember once watching, I know this is gonna sound so silly. Um, I remember once watching Oprah Winfrey and I was thinking, is she the one that I should look to? Does she have the answers? Because she sure sounds like she has the answers. Like, should I try to be like her? And then I was like, well, who actually does have the answers? Like who, who doesn't get it wrong? And then I was like, no one, no one doesn't get it wrong. And no one's... So that helped me a great deal. I and mean, in looking at you, I'm just like, you got it, girl. Like, <laughs> you totally have it. Like, she's got kids. She's got a family. She's had an interesting career. Now she's starting another career. I mean, there's something about just embracing that and saying, all right, this is where I'm at.
1: I totally agree. I mean, it's it's strange that out of this whole COVID crazy year that this is the year I sort of feel comfortable with where I'm at. But it is it is really true um, and maybe because of that, in a way, because, you know, my kids were home like everybody else's, I imagine, for over a year. And it, there's been some great parts of it and some hard parts. So, for example, from a parenting standpoint, um, you know, my kids did mostly OK. It was a struggle for my son. Remote learning was a complete struggle. And I really had I dove in as like like it was my job and I was co-teaching. I was working with the school and figuring out what works for him, and we did a lot, and he actually, when he started back at school, the teachers could not believe he's a completely different kid, and they said, thank you, we know how hard you worked, like the, you know, and I feel like I helped him maneuver this, this strange time, and it gave me an appreciation for being a parent that's not just like cooking, and driving, and all that stuff, but it was really about like helping him through this, it's a stressful time that we can't always read the stress on the kids. And um, it demanded like, it demanded skills of him that he was not ready for that. You know, the school's doing their best, but still there's only, you know, they have to keep moving forward. So I really, I felt actually really good about myself as a parent that I was, this was a, this was definitely a job. It was 100% a job. My husband has been working from home, but so busy that we barely see him during the day. So it was definitely a job for me. And I feel really great about that.
2: You know, when you really just go down to what it is that your kids need and, and tend to that as if it's a garden and water every day, just those parts that need to be grown, And and you got that direct feedback from the teachers of how we had changed and what a good job you had done. And so when you put that first and then, you know, you also then icing on the cake, have this room and opportunity once your kids are okay to figure out what you want to do and go back to that sort of who am I question and then really do something that's purposeful and meaningful. And I think that you found that balance between being a good parent and then just investing in something that is really meaningful and purpose-driven, and it's nice to see you in this space.
0: It it reminds me of, you had said also that this time, it's been hard balancing, and I just wanted to sort of address that because I know know this is going to sound sort of silly. I keep saying that. Everything I say sounds silly to me, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, You do say that a lot, but I, I love do. it. Um,
2: it's not silly. It's usually quite profound. <laughs> oh, yes. Well,
0: um, but what I was going to say was that I remember when I was living in New York, and I, I was very focused on like a relationship. I knew I wanted a relationship. And so you know I didn't care much about my writing. I didn't care much about my career. I just was like, I just want a relationship. And then when I had a relationship, I remember thinking, okay, I just want to have kids, (laughs) you know? And that became my thing. And then I had kids, but that wasn't easy, but then I had kids and then I was like, okay, now I have to raise these people. And then, you know, I was raising them. And then suddenly I was like, oh, wait a minute. Wasn't I a writer? (laughs) (laughs) Did I do that writing thing way back when? Was I creative at some point in there? And it was just funny how these things sort of um, built on each other, but each experience has, I mean, it's funny in a way, this podcast is an example of it, because here we are taking the stage of our life, which is menopause and our inability to sleep. And we're making something out of that. And I see you doing the exact same thing, Galee. You're like, well, gosh, I've had this interest. I'm looking at the health of my family has become really important and now, and my health And I I think I have this unique ability to sort of help others do this. And so guess what? I'm going to do it because you have confidence and you have all of these, all the skill sets that you've built along the way or what you're using now. And now it's a matter of balance. And I'm going to ask Jenny this question because I think as a therapist, you probably have the answer or more of an answer than I do. Like Oprah, you thought did. (laughs) You know, just like Oprah, (laughs) I'm thinking that. The balance comes from accepting where you are on any particular day, as opposed to saying like, let's say you're having a re- your kid needs your help that day. Well, that is going to necessarily mean that the business thing you were going to do that day may not get done. If you don't attack yourself for that and you can accept that, I would imagine you're in a better spot to then help your kid and then move on to your business thing. Does that make sense what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. I mean, I describe it to my clients a lot of the time as that whack-a-mole, you know, game. <laughs> I mean, because when one thing pops up and you just dealt with it, there goes another thing, you know, and when that thing comes up, you know, there goes another thing. And it's quite like that in our life, um, because you can't do everything all at once. And when you start feeling like you can, I know I do this all the time. That's what keeps me up at night is so many different things popping in. Cause I'm also a writer, a mom, a therapist, you know, creative person, whatever. And that's when, you know, all those things collude at once and then you can't sleep. Right. So I think what you said is really, once again, quite profound in a very simple way, because I think when you are present to what you can actually do in any given moment and you accept that you're not going to be able to do all those things at once, there's a sort of integration. And I think it happens if you're lucky during, you know, this phase of life, uh, menopause, when the kids get a little older, you're given this opportunity. And that's why I think your fifties is, is a really important decade, you know, to, to do these kind of things and integrate them all together.
0: Would you say Galit, for example, that, cause what I'm hearing Jenny say, I'm going to try to synthesize it. And then I want to see how it lands for you. What I wrote down was that if we can accept what the day's priority is and pay homage to that and not have regret about it and not beat ourselves up about it, then we can be successful because what we're trying to be successful at is the day's priority. And it's okay to let what happens in that day become the priority, whatever it may be, whether it's our business or whatever. How does that feel in your mind, Galit? Does that ring true?
1: Yeah, um, I think it does. I think I've always struggled with that. And I know some people who know me who's probably going to listen to this will chuckle. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I tended, I think in the past, I think that's what I'm trying to shift is that I have had a lot of regrets, whether it's things about how I was, you know, my days or just general decisions and i think accepting where you're at and i think i'm coming to that place and that's why i feel so much better mm-hmm. and i sleep better is that <clears throat> i think accepting whether it's accepting your day my day gets interrupted all the time um you know p- you know my kids sports this that the other and so accepting that that's like my, my first priority like my, my first priority are my kids because what who you know what happens if i if they're not my first priority There's, you know is really no backup there for the day. And so that's always my first priority. And I know that, and it's good. Um, and now i build time and I'm really trying to focus on scheduling and and structuring my day better so that, um, I could fit in more, but I, I do, I, I think I've come to a place and I, I am excited about this, like my fifties, actually, you know, I think, learning a lot about and and focusing on longevity and health and wanting my being an older parent I think um, I want to be strong and I want to I want to age well and age strong and I, I want this to be like you know the best decade and I you know and and I don't look at it I'm not looking at it like oh I'm you know, I missed the boat. I missed, I, I made these mistakes. because I used to think that I used to think, Oh, I made all these mistakes or I made these career you know, decisions that were, didn't pan out or I got derailed and that's it. No, it's not it. You know, the truth is every day you could change directions every day. You can make a decision and change your trajectory. And so I'm making that decision that, you know, yes, I love, I love keeping my family healthy. I'm been very focused on it it's it is like like I I think about it all the time and how I can keep other people healthy is like an extension of that and I want to share it and you know I think also you know I'm just starting so it's always but I'm trying to build coaching and explain kind of what coaching is because I don't know if that people totally understand what that is yet um but it's a way it's a little bit combined sort of health and therapy in some, in some senses, like giving people a space to really, um, you know, talk about what their goals are and just be. And then we kind of marry their health goals with that and help them uncover what their motivation for change is.
0: Now you do work with health professionals to do that or individuals who are trying to get their blood sugar where they want it to be?
1: Um, so individuals, but, um, I'm also, I would love to work more with health professionals and in, in addition, or yeah, whether there's referrals or, um, whether I, you know, eventually maybe go into work in a clinical setting. But I think that the beauty of coaching is that, you know, when you go visit your doctor, you you see your doctor once a year, or if it's a specialist a couple other times, but they don't have the time to focus on your, like how you're going to get from, you know, let's say high blood sugar or a high, you know, pre-diabetes back down to normal, right? They just say, you need to go do this. And so, you know, a coach, you know, me, ideally (laughs) comes in there and says, okay, this is how we're going to do it. And, you know, it's, there's a lot of information out there. You type in anything and you get tons of articles and it's hard to know what to follow. There's all different health trends. It's hard to know, what, you know, do I do intermittent fasting? Do I, you know, eat more, less carbs? Do I do low fat? Like, you know, there's a lot of confusing messages. And so being trained on different nutritional methods, but also on changing behavior, um, is where we come in and help you and help other, you know, help people make shifts in their lifestyle to make longer term change.
0: You know, I absolutely love this. Like I'm kind of ready to hire you
1: <laughs> to
0: because, um, because um, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, that's exactly right. You go to the doctor, like my, my blood levels happen to have been a little higher. I don't know if it's what I ate, whatever, but it's interesting because then I, you know, immediately she said, oh, don't, don't use complex carbohydrates and don't da, 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 da. And don't. so I literally tried to eat brown rice and whole grains and no white, war- no white, no white flour and was doing all of that. And I think I've done a good job of that. But my point is, is the execution of health, just like the execution of mental health, Jenny, is something I always tell my children. I'm like, why do we go to school to learn everything but what's most important, which is how to live a healthy, balanced life. And I love that, that you're really teaching that because a doctor can help fix the problem and many doctors can give you, but they don't have the time right. to do what you're doing. And I I really, I'm, I'm vibing with this idea. Yeah. 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 I know.
2: Galit, I want to hire you too. So,
0: <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I
2: think, you know, just what Carrie was saying, just to, along those lines, there's no one that really like is on your shoulder, like sitting by your side kind of um, helping you and really parsing out what would work for your daily life. And just that's, and it is similar to mental health. And I think a coach or or a therapist helps you do that. And, and one other thing I was just gonna say when you were talking about your life and how you used to have a lot of regret about things. Um, and I always, you know, that word regret in Latin, it means to groan again. I think it, it stems from groaning again. Um, And I think that so many people do that, not only with their mental health, but their physical health, they complain and they groan again. And they, they regret things, you know, you have to start where you're at with acceptance. And I think that's the theme of the podcast is just, this is what's happening right now. And all of these life experiences that I've had, whether it's like Carrie, you were saying, just being a writer, relationship, kids, you know, all these different things are kind of coming together in this moment. And I have a choice do I want to live with regret or fear or complaints, or do I want to live having hope and faith and seeing possibility and go into action mode? And I think that it's always a moment to moment choice. And I mean, I think as women, our job so much of the time is just taking what's off course and getting it back on course.
0: Uh, I know someone who uh, was diagnosed with cancer. And when that kind of thing happens, it takes over your life, your, your whatever plan you have gets pushed to the side and your health becomes the most important thing. And really, there's not a whole lot of regret in that. You don't feel apologetic about it. You're like, fuck, it's like, it's real clear. This, excuse my language, but this is what I got to do right now. There's no other choice here. But when we do that for, say, our kids or our relationship or our job or what, you know, accepting what you are choosing as your priority is OK, even if it takes you off the course you thought you wanted to be on. And I am kind of like today, like you were saying, Jenny, I feel like that's what I'm walking away with today. I, I don't know how you feel about that, Galit, but I feel like that's what you're teaching me.
1: Yeah. I, I, I think it's, I think when you said Jenny, like acceptance is the theme. I, I agree. I mean, I, I feel, I feel like finally it's taken, it's been a long road for me, but I feel really good about where I'm at and I'm accepting, you know, my role as like a mom and my, like then it's necessary. Like I've chosen to have kids. I chose, you know, to bring up these three kids in this world and I want to make it, Like, I want to do the best job I can with that. And, you know, I also want to make space for something for me because at some point they are going to get older and I want to have something that is mine, that I feel great about too. And so I'm finally getting to the place where, okay, I had these years. I had to, like, I really, you know, when there were three little kids and you just going through the day-to-day, all that stuff, you have to do that. Um, And now it feels good that, like, okay, I'm on a path that I'm, I'm excited about. Like I'm, I'm authentically want to, you know, this is what I want to focus on and I'm going to work on it no matter what it takes. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with our program. Like Randy and I are super excited about it. And it feels, it feels really great to like, we have a class where six now going to be seven people in it. And we're were it's been fun and i love it i'm energized
0: mybetterbloodsugar.com i want everyone who's listening to try it out it's going to be the best yeah i'm am yeah. a, a devotee at this point. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it really does feel it really does feel like for
2: for the listeners is just you know um finding the right person to help you on that path whether that's you know for your mental health or for your physical health, for your blood sugar, um, seeking out help because that's an action mode. I always tell people when they call me, they're 50% there because they made that action of wanting to get help. Most people just accept their fate of like, this is it. And I'm going to kind of go to my grave as this.
1: One thought I also um, carry, cause you had mentioned, um, I'm sorry, to hear about your friend by the way but sometimes um and one thing i've seen and i've learned is that you know we we sort of take our health for granted in general and you know we we go to our checkups we feel good at the moment we don't worry so much you know, prevention def- usually takes like a back seat. We don't really think about it. We're in our 20s, we're in our 30s, we feel good, we feel strong, right? And then, like you know, sometimes things happen, and that's when health becomes like front and center. You have to drop everything and deal with whatever that, whether it's cancer or something else. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we realized like our health is like actually the most important thing that we have because it, like, you know, when you don't have it, you, you can't do anything. There's very little you can do. Like for me, when I had, I had a shoulder, a big shoulder um, injury and I was like, you know, for almost for six months, I was, you know, couldn't do very much. And you realize how dependent you are on your good health and your strength. And so, you know, one of the things that, you know, as a coach, even for people who just want to st- stay healthier, get older, healthier, and stronger, that's where, you know, I could help or coaches can help is that, you know, that's at the end, you know, things can happen as we get older, things happen, because, you know, just there's various influences, whether it's our diet, exercise, stress, so, you know, that's our lack of sleep, things like that can take over, and um, so, you know, I think focusing on health, even when you're healthy is important um, and being prevent you know, pre- having a preventative mindset is important.
0: You know, it's funny my grandmother, who did pass away from cancer, said to me in a letter. she wrote me the most beautiful letter ever before she passed away. She wrote it to all of us. Each of us got a letter. But one of the things she said, which I will never forget, and it I was twenty seven when she passed away. So again, in that younger part of my life, and she said, I wish you most of all a life of good health. And I remember thinking, really? That's (laughs) what you wish me? And now I totally get it. (laughs) Like, I totally understand that. So it was just ringing true. And the other thing I just have to just throw in there too, as we wrap this up, is that, Jenny, you're saying we don't want to accept our fate, but we are also talking about accepting the priorities that we have. So it's interesting because the word acceptance depends on what the word is after the acceptance. Are we going to accept our fate? No, we're not. If you don't like your fate, then no, you're not. But if you if you are choosing your priority as your child on that day, or your health on that day, or your career on that day, it's okay to choose that and to to you know I'm going to use Jenny's lean in, even though I'm not a big leaner in her. And I think that's exactly what you're doing. And Galit, I'm totally inspired by you. Okay, so now it's time, Galit, for the hot flash round. Are you ready? So ready. Okay. First of all, which best describes your approach to aging? A, let nature take its course. B, color, inject, or cut me open as is necessary. Or the new C, all of the above.
1: The natural approach is currently what I've been doing. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't say that it's always gonna be that way.
0: <laughs> Neither can I. Okay, which do you prefer, puberty or menopause?
1: I guess men. I guess uh, I mean, look, they're both be- they can be both beautiful times. Um, but I guess for me, menopause. I mean, it really wasn't It was, it was, it was fine. It was good. And I'm actually in a great, I feel like I'm in a good place. So I'm going to go with menopause. I
0: love it. Pick one screens or devices or phones or no screens.
1: And I have to pick one. Correct. So I'd go with um, no screens.
0: Okay. What is the best thing about insomnia or not being able to sleep?
1: For me, it's like the extra alone, like free time, the extra time to you know, sometimes it's hard, it's a hard time to think because a lot of worry, like we've talked about comes into play. But it's also been a time for me when I can't sleep, I've turned on a meditation, um, or I just r- start writing down notes. And so I guess for me, the best thing about it is that it's giving me extra time when no one else is around to just think.
0: I love that. And what is the worst thing about it?
1: is that when you're alone with your thoughts, it could be hard. And um, <laughs> yeah. sometimes turning off the constant, you know, I think something like my, my brain tends to be wired, unfortunately, in the more negative, like I, I really am hard on myself. And, I'm, and, and so alone at night when there's no one else to say, okay, like, you know, when it's up to me to calm myself down, um, that's the hardest part is turning that noise off.
0: And what is the best or worst thing about having kids?
1: The best thing about having kids. Um, I mean, there's so many amazing things about having kids. I love, love, I, I, I love my kids and I cannot imagine my life without my kids. Um, and it's just experiencing life with them and just seeing who the people they become are like, just like I'm in wonder every day about my kids. Like I just love the people they're becoming and so, just being a family, I love that. Um, the hardest part about kids, it's also, I think, I think for me is that uh, it's it's the letting go process. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that for me is hard. I mean, the day to day can be very tough and hard, and there's moods and all that stuff. But I could, I think that what's hard about kids is letting them, letting them be themselves and not controlling everything.
0: <laughs> I have that same problem. I absolutely yes. agree with you. What has been the most surprising thing about middle-aged?
1: So some, some of the things that I think about at night when I don't sleep is like, I can't even believe I'm here at middle-age. Um, <laughs> you know, like where's the time gone? I think about, I, I think about sometimes like those flashbacks of when I was younger or growing up and I just like, here I am, you know, I'm, you know i'm in my middle age i'm you know just over 50 and wow um i think i think what's surprising is um i don't know i just i i'm happy to be here to be honest like sometimes when life gets hard and there's some struggles i'm just happy to be here and i'm happy to have my kids and I guess it's a good, you know, it's great. I, I, I'm not I'm not afraid of middle age anymore. Like I'm not afraid what of what this... What would you say is the best thing about it? The best thing about middle age is I think, you know, I think you could take chances maybe um, in a way that when you're younger, you think about, like uh, for me, like I feel more like I'm just doing it. Like this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it. Like I feel strong in, my, in myself and myself and I, I know who I am and I know, you know, what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are. I know what I need to work on. So I think I feel like I know myself and I've, ex- and I've done the, you know, I've done, I've had my kind of experiences when I was younger, but I'm, a, you know, really appreciating where I'm at.
0: So in other words, you accept where you're at?
1: I accept where <laughs> I'm at. I think that's absolutely good. I'm sorry,
0: it just was too easy. Um, If you had to pick one word or a cuss word or otherwise to describe middle age, what would it be?
1: For me, I'd say right now, it's beautiful.
0: Jenny, do you want to wrap anything up? Oh my gosh. Well, I just,
2: just piggybacking on that word beautiful. It's just really such a pleasure to see Galit, you in this space, um, reaching where you are now and just living kind of your best life, you know, and just because I think that, you know, it's been such a learning process and that's what life is for all of us is, you know, picking up these little parts along the way as seeing it as a life of possibility and not a life of regret. And then finally, when you sort of arrive at your destination, which is just a temporary destination because the next one's right around the corner, but it is a beautiful process. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing to see Um, a woman just who's a mom arrive there and kind of just plant the seed and and sort of watch it grow. And you're at the beginning stages of that with your business. And I think you've inspired all of us today. And um, I really appreciate you being here.
0: Thank you so much, Galit Reisman-Shay for joining us if our listeners would like to learn more go to mybetterbloodsugar.com if you like what you heard please be sure to subscribe to be notified of our latest offerings to learn what we are all about please visit us at themidnightramblings.com where you too can become a fansomniac and of course be sure to tell your friends because your support is necessary to make this thing take off so for the midnight ramblings This is Carrie Ofstein-Rosenthal and Jenny Silberstein. Thank you again for joining us. We'll see you next week.